Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Boy Johnson here. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. Yo, this is my like Doris. Hi, this is Tom Thelma. This is Beggy. This is the Asian sensation Kanji. This is the nightmare fuel hustle Malone. This is Joe Rage, the heavyweight classic. This is Mad Dog, Old Dockery. This is Tonga. I'm the Breaker, Carl Kingsley. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. And you're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... Broken but Glorious. Broken but Glorious. To Broken but Glorious podcast. Because like me, you are head to toe a pro. Hello and welcome to My Bit Rest Journey on bbgwrestling.com. I'm Chris Laff and I'm delighted to be joined over on the line by a right nasty bastard. <laughs> King Free, Alton Fawn. How are you doing this evening, Alton? Not too bad, mate. How are you? I'm good. As, as I've just told Alton, I've just had sneeze and fits, so I'm a bit sniffy. I'll be alright, but I should be okay in a minute or two. No, I'm glad to be here. I've um, was on the show about a year or so ago. Um, so I listened to it for the first time then, really enjoyed it. So quite oh, amazing. Thank you. <laughs> So I did I want to just mention some like breaking news, and I want to see if you had any thoughts on it. So WWE have announced that the NXT UK brand will now become NXT Europe. So NXT UK's final event will be Worlds Collide um, on the 4th of June. And then they're going to have to take a few months hiatus and then come back as NXT Europe in early 23. You got any thoughts on it? Or? I think it's um it's quite interesting. It'll be interesting mm. to see what direction they're going, especially with everything being ch- changing at WWE at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> hard, harder to predict than I can ever remember in my living memory. So um, it would be it'll definitely be interesting what they do. I've seen that quite a few um, WWE UK guys have um, left the company today. I think Mark yeah, and others. So um, lots of things changing. You know, it'd be very, very interesting to see which direction Brit West goes in from here, I suppose. Yeah, because the likes of um, Gallus and Tyler Bates and Blair Davenport turned up NXT this week, so I'm guessing they will be on the Worlds Collide. But when mm. they stay in the US, it'll be interesting. And I'm interested to see where it goes. If they bring back the European title, I'll be happy mm-hmm. with that. That'd be, <laughs> make it the NXT Europe, but keep the lineage of when Bulldog won it and just have that as a, like a, I think the main belt for NXT could be cool. It's always um, UK guys, guys like Tyler Bate and those kind of people are on a, on a large stage doing what they mm-hmm. do so well. So, um, you know, any chance we get to see that, I'm always happy with that. Yeah, I'm surprised that Tyler Bates hasn't been on the main roster. How was, was it was fifteen or fifteen or sixteen? The first UK tournament he won. It was years. Yeah, yeah. on a hot streak as well at that point, mm. having great matches with everybody. You would have thought they'd have tried to capitalise on that a little bit more, but hey, hey. yeah, the match of the year in eighteen against Pete Dunne at um, Chicago wasn't NXT Takeover Chicago. Fantastic match, fantastic. Yeah. Match. They're making a big deal out of having this nineteen-year-old is amazing. Now he's amazing but he's 26 so it's like he's like <laughs> yeah, yeah and I'd, I'd seen him slowly building up but because uh, he came to Southside quite a lot which was mm. enough um, yeah. and I, you know so i saw him kind of grow into the the person that he became when he arrived mm. at WWE and then grow even further since that point and now yeah. you would have to say he's one of the best in the world i think um it underutilized because incredible things some incredible things so yeah the best <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah i'd i'd love it if they they brought him in. Pete Dunne turned on Sheamus, got cut back his Pete Dunne name. Bring, he could bring Trent Seven in as a manager, stroke wrestler occasionally, and yeah, British strong style on the main roster. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> that. All right, cool. So, uh, so Rest has been back just over a year. So, how's your return to the ring post lockdown been? Um, to be fair, I think it's gone better than pre-lockdown. I think um, mm. I made a really conscious effort during lockdown to try and keep myself at least relevant on social media because mm-hmm. I'd never really used it before that. It just been yeah. sat there and I, you know, so my followers were low. But then I thought, well what what am I gonna do? We didn't have any idea on how long it was going to last or Yeah, I, what, I remember leaving going, I'll oh, see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. Most <laughs> I remember um during it was some kind of celebration saying, I hope it doesn't last till Christmas and it lasted two Christmases as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, entirely unpredictable at that point. Um, and I just thought, I don't want to disappear off the face of the planet. Because um, mm. if wrestling comes back, I want to at least, you know, I want people to remember me. So I went back and found all my old photos from matches mm-hmm. and stuff. And I just started putting up one a day. And, oh, wow. yeah. and um, 
followers started to grow just slightly, not massively, but over that period of time, I pretty much doubled them. So when wrestling rolled back around, people who were wanting to put on shows knew that I was still wanting to be part of it and was straight in my inbox. So it turned out quite well, actually. Oh, amazing. (laughs) That was fire under me, I felt like. So, yeah, yeah, quite positive. You have to get positives out of big negatives like that, really, don't you? Yeah, so I'm guessing that gave you time to like rest your body and evaluate kind of what's gone well and what hadn't gone well over the last couple of years. So did you make any tweaks to your character or your moveset? Well, when you yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, especially in regards to my character because I decided that I wanted to go down the more adult wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing family shows for six, <clears throat> seven years before lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it had been my bread and butter that whole time, but I was always interested in you know, the more extreme style wrestling. And I always felt that my character would work better in a more adult environment. Mm-hmm. Um, because what I am essentially <clears> is I'm a barroom brawler, a bit of a, you know, if I'm a heel, I'm a bit of a bully, the guy you don't want to bump into in a bar, mm-hmm. you know. So I always felt that it it just worked better. So when I came back and started getting those opportunities with shows like the TNT show and Kumite, I thought, well, mm-hmm. now I get weaker a little bit. I can... Bring yeah. down the kind of monster, you know, the, the big heel stuff. And I can just be myself, and, you know, be a bit yeah. nasty sometimes, be a bit aggressive, but, you know, just kind of bring it in slightly, make it less of a cartoon character, I suppose. Oh, definitely. I can see that. <laughs> Were there any uh, matches or storylines that you're looking forward to in 2020 that couldn't happen because of the t- pandemic? So. Um, so, actually, um, at House of Pain, myself and Barricade, um, he's retired now, he yeah. decided to stop. During, during the lockdown, but we were in a tag team called Hellbound at the time, and mm. we'd literally just been um, just turned face at House of Pain, mm. and I'd never I'd never really been face before. My character was pretty heelish, like it just didn't work. It wouldn't have worked anywhere on these kids shows with me. That you want me to come out? No. And play, <laughs> nasty, you know? so, um, so I was just about to try my hand at something new because. When you do the adults, it's more shades of grey. There's not necessarily Definitely. always very defined face and heels. It's it's more about what you're giving and what they, they give you back. Um, so you're taking risks for them, so they'll give you a response. So you don't... Yeah. The heel and face dynamic is slightly different. Um, so I just really wanted the chance to like start trying face stuff and then uh, the world shut down and I didn't really get a chance to yeah. do that. So when I came <laughs> straight into the face, with very little like pre like practice or knowledge or anything it's, it's worked out okay but i would have liked a little bit of time i think <laughs> Sounds amazing. hi this is the asian sensation kanji and you're listening to broken but glorious this always gives away your age so who's your favorite wrestler growing up started off as the undertaker um yeah. which doesn't always give away your age there for so long right mm-hmm. so yeah <laughs> So it started off with The Undertaker, because my, my nan used to buy VHS tapes and it would be Undertaker versus Jake the Snake at the WrestleMania or Undertaker versus Hogan. So, you know, the, just his character, characteristically as a child, who was kind Definitely. of like, you know, like horror type stuff and always trying to sneak videos up to my room to watch, but, like, he caught my attention. And then Mankind arrived and that changed everything for me. Oh, <laughs> yes. that. They pretty much changed my entire perspective on wrestling completely. Completely changed the Undertaker's career as well, because before that he was against big lumbering oafs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 I don't want to say he couldn't work, but he's six foot ten, so why he, he doesn't look massive against all these yeah. seven foot massive people. So, but yeah. Come against somebody who's psychotic like Mankind. And yeah, it just revitalised his whole career. Was, well, Foley was great for that kind of thing, because he kind of did the same thing for Sting as well, right? Mm. Like, Sting started the opponent, kept having people wash through and not really do anything. Foley was the guy that could bring out a little bit extra in him. And mm-hmm. I think that that's what caught my attention. It was the fact that this guy lost quite a lot and got beat the hell out of, but he never stopped and he kept coming back. And, you yes. know, those little quirky qualities that he had with the tear out the hair. Yeah. And there was just something a little bit deeper to him than there would be, say, like a Shawn Michaels who came out mm. and danced around and was a pretty boy. There was like something that I wanted to find out about him. Like, yeah. what made you this way? How that, you know, <laughs> as a child, it really grabbed my attention. Mm-hmm. So Mick Foley's probably, well, not even probably, Mick Foley's definitely a large part to, to blame for the roots <laughs> of my career taking. <laughs> so, what, um, so what prompted you to do on the tights to get the ring yourself? Um... So I think 
I just realized that I'd kind of been building up to it all my life. I mm-hmm. never, I didn't realize it was an option. I always thought it was like a big American thing when I was a kid because, you know, Brit wrestling wasn't massive at the time. Um, you know, it was going through the lull after the world of sport and um, mm-hmm. it, it just wasn't as popular. So it wasn't, you wouldn't walk around and see signs. You might see one at Skegness. Yeah. So it just never really felt like an option. Um, but then my dad um, bullied when he was a kid and yeah. he went on to do tons of martial arts, become a professional boxer because of his experience as a kid. He wanted to learn to protect himself and he went through the martial arts. He wanted me to learn to protect myself and I didn't want any of them. I had no interest no. in karate. Do I want to stand there and get punched in the face? Absolutely. <laughs> um, no interest in karate. He said, well, what, what do you want to do? You need to do something to learn to protect yourself. What do you want to do? And I said, I want to do something like wrestling. Um, but this is me at the age of like six. So straight away, yeah. <laughs> far um, So I did judo. Um, yes. Did judo for about a decade. Um, became a junior black belt. Um then I went away and did a little bit of boxing, but then my interest was taken by theatre. So then I stopped mm-hmm. doing acting. I went to university, oh, wow. did yeah. a theatre degree, and went and performed at the Edinburgh Fringe. Um, so I, I've kind of been building all these building blocks. And then I got to mm. a point where I was like, okay, so what am I going to do with all of these? And it just all seemed to add up to professional wrestling. I knew how to bump from judo, uh, you yes. know, from <clears throat> fitness from boxing, then character from acting so when i found out about house of pain in nottingham it just seemed like a no-brainer oh, yeah i did i did i did, I did judo for about six months when i was a monk i just couldn't afford it anymore but yeah i, yeah, I remember doing all the slaps and the yeah, house of falls stuff it was really cool <laughs> so, exactly. that, all I want... it felt to me like wrestling practice when i was a kid because mm-hmm. they called them break falls and it just bumped them it was just learning that <laughs> Oh, this is brilliant. I'll, I'll be able to use it at some point. So, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, they used to do judo class at the bottom of our road, but they've stopped it now. I've been waiting for my son to become seven so he could do it. And he's become seven and they've stopped it at the bottom of the road now. I don't oh, know where they've gone. So there's, it's like... there's always quite a few judo classes around. You'd be surprised. They're not, they're not mm-hmm. too far away. It's more yeah. popular than you think. They're not always highly populated. There's not always no. tons of people there, but that could be better because you yeah. get like, more. You know, you get the full, the, the instructors kind of focusing more on you, so you get that more enhanced experience of that. Definitely. <laughs> so was uh, Mankind who you want to mould your star around when you start training? Yeah, I think Mick Foley probably still is kind of my main influence with touches of Thunk, touches of Abyss. Um, especially when I first started, there was quite a lot of Abyss because um, TNA had just been a huge thing. And, yes. You know, I, I just lent. That I borrowed quite a lot from Abyss at that period of time. Um, but I think yeah, my plan was always I wanted a big fella that bumped around, took big bumps and and told stories in the ring and tried to make other people look good. So yeah. it's phony. I think it's just phony, you know. I think that's, yeah. that, that was very okay. Um, but as I, as I got deeper and deeper into wrestling, because I got quite obsessive over it and I started delving into Japanese wrestling and bits mm. of Mexican wrestling, um, trying to find. Uh, I, when I came across the American Indies um, through Ring of Honor, primarily uh, pro wrestling guerrilla, um, that's when I first encountered Necro. Yes. And that then kind of modern, like what I would call the more modern style, like deathmatch wrestling, or mm-hmm. at least where it where it where it's gone to now. You know, Necro yeah. was a thing in the state. Like his match with Samoa Joe was absolutely preposterous. Um, <laughs> he, he felt to me like the modern equivalent of somebody like a, a Foley or a um, Brody or somebody like that. So I kind of followed him into the Indies and like yeah, it all exploded. And I've got a million, but it definitely started with Foley. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so did you have an idea of a character when you started training and how has it evolved? No, not What was, not what was, ver- what was version one of you like? No, version one kind of so I debuted for House of Pain um in Nottingham, which is um, run by Sticks, and he brought me with Barricade, who oh. was um because he wanted like a big man versus he wanted Undertaker versus Kane essentially. So at first what I kind of did was styled myself after Barricade. Mm-hmm. So that it was like the mirror match that yeah. one it kind of gave me a a way of performing because I, I wasn't sure who I was gonna be myself yet. But it gave me something that I could aim for and that I could do. Like I could perform a little bit like Barricade, like hit 
flick my hair back and do those kind of things. So I borrowed a couple of money. Um, so yeah, at first I was trying to be him, just trying to emulate him for the purposes of the storyline. Um, but I didn't really know where, where I wanted my character to go or be at that point. I just knew that I wanted to be like a, a, a violent brawler with a loud mm-hmm. mouth. Yeah. Other than that, I hadn't written down at all. Yeah, I think it's like what well, I've said it to a couple of people. It's when when you create a wrestler on the 2K games, you kind of just you it tends to you make somebody that kind of looks a bit like you, and you give them your yeah. favorite wrestler's moves. But over the years, you go, oh, that move's cool, and, you, and then eventually yeah, it looks yeah. nothing like the person you originally came up with. <laughs> so like, yeah, but it kind of happens behind your back as well. Mm-hmm. Like you don't always notice yourself. Like I will watch all the matches back now and go, wow. I'm, I didn't even notice how far I come from some of the things I would do at that point. Um, yeah. And it's just practice doing it over and over again. And you just kind of, as you, as you gain that experience, you just build it almost organically or certainly. So, so I've started, tra- I started training four months ago. I've seen the great, I think I've progressed quite good, but I can't do. If somebody just says go bump, I, my brain just went no. But I can, if I got suplexed or body slammed or snap mid, I can bump. But I can't just go and throw yeah, my head into it. You know what the difference is, right? Yeah. Your brain is is doing the right thing. It's telling you don't throw yourself. <laughs> yeah. in the it's a silly thing to do. So it's just a very cruel reaction. I'm just like, yeah, and then I get in my own head and I can't do it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, it, I can. it just takes time. <laughs> You've got to keep going, keep throwing yourself on the crash mat, and eventually you'll get there. You know, it's a, yeah. it literally is just repetition a lot of the time. Just doing it and doing it and doing it until it just feels natural. Yeah. Yeah, that's the yeah. I think that's the one thing I just need to yeah. Well, um, this Saturday, that's my my goal is to just do it, <laughs> not, not not land on my legs or land on my bum. Well, there was a guy when I first started training. Um, doesn't wrestle anymore. He was called Roughhouse Stevie Mitchell, and he could not um he could not take a hip toss that he was happy with. And I used to turn up to sessions, and he'd already been there for forty five minutes, just getting everybody in the room to hip toss him for forty five minutes, mm. um, just to practice and get used to it. And that, you know, immediately like that's a lesson you take on. It's like right, that's that's the kind of like mentality if you want to get anywhere here, because you've just got to keep pounding on it and pounding on it. So, and so you, yeah. So when getting into wrestling, did you always want to go down the hardcore route? Yeah. I, I was always, any promotion I've been at will tell you, I've always been trying to angle for like a street fight or a brawl or, um, uh, yeah, I always want uh, from day one. I, it, it feels like the most natural thing for me to do. And I was always taught that things that are natural are usually, you know, things that feel naturally right. Like yeah. there might be some things you need to kind of knock out of it but go with what feels naturally find something that works yeah. and that of course stuff just felt most natural to me so yeah it was always the plan this is tyler devlin and you're listening to broken but glorious wrestling podcast yeah so deathmatch wrestling um, regular listeners know i've not it's not something i've barely been that exposed to and it's something I'm, i don't really get so it's like um i could say I don't know how to say it. don't see why you'd want to get hit with bricks. <laughs> I, th- I think I've got a fear of getting pierced. So I the thought of going on glass or pins or barbed wire or anything. So, well, but every that, wrestler I interview says, I want to do one death match. I'm sure. Yeah. So, but, so. Well, I, I've heard that. I've heard that. I think Harlan said that as well, didn't he? Um, I, I understand it. I think everybody wants to just try it and know what it feels like. But I think most people... I think the people that are going to do well at death matches are the people that are, have already made up their minds about the sacrifices that you're going to have to yeah. make and know that they're in it for the long haul. And that's, that's me, you know. I, yeah. I think, obviously, what you're saying is right. Rolling around in glass, not something that any human being should do. It's a very silly thing to do. And you're going to get cut up, right? But I think I weigh it up. Um, the, the moment in the match, how important it feels, um, what kind of reaction I think it will get, and if it's worth it to me, I'll, I'll do it. Um, because I think every wrestler making sacrifices, no matter what kind of wrestling they're doing, and any wrestler. One of my friends yesterday, um, a guy called Gunnison, um, very good wrestler, he's only been around a couple of years, um, but he took a simple uh, his head into the ring apron, and um, he wasn't told that the boards weren't covered up, and he got a cut across his forehead. And it was bigger than any cut I've had in any death match on my head by yeah. by a mile. And I just want, you know, I just say, 
that you, you can get hurt in any none of this stuff is normal you can get hurt in any kind of match and there's always sacrifices that we're making the amount of people i know who can't you know struggle to walk properly because they've done their knees in over years and things like that all kinds of wrestling no matter what kind of wrestling it is is making very very severe sacrifices and yeah, i just so. don't think it's worth it or not you know yeah, so it's uh, Harley Hudson, not just uh, the TNT Ignition Rumble this year. She was a normal elimination, not the Rumble, but just slightly landed wrong on her ankle and broke her ankle and she was out exactly. for months. Exactly. She's probably thrown that spot thousands of times, probably. Yeah. And she's a great talent that's on oh, the vibe. Well, and it's something simple like that. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen people do the neon on up and over. Like, yeah. That's the most basic wrestling spot. You know, you learn it in one of your early sessions. And pe- I've seen two or three people hurt their knee during that spot. Yeah. So, so any any of this, no human's supposed to throw themselves on the back 30 times a day. No human being is supposed to, you know, run on things that are wobbling like that that's just going to affect the knees over time. We're all making sacrifices. <laughs> but I can't think of why, why I love Deathmatch Wrestling. I don't think everybody will get it, but I think I can at least try and explain it. I think there are tons of things I love about it. I love the colours. So I love like the if you hit the light tube, white flashing and the red blood and so like striking and artistic colours. So it looks great on pictures. I love the noises. So like when you hit somebody with a light tube, the giant pop. And everybody hears that. And it's like an all and everyone goes, ooh. <laughs> exactly. It gets a reaction. It makes that noise and it alerts something's just happened. Mm. Um, but the, I think the main reason that I love Deathmatch, well, maybe not the main reason, but definitely one of the reasons is because it, it's, it's a very modern kind of wrestling. People these days can't, they grab the phone and start texting mm-hmm. if they're sat at home watching wrestling. It's much, much harder in the modern day to focus on a full 20 minute match without going and grabbing. So wrestling has become about moments like how, what can you capture in a 10 second clip that will fly around the internet or, and you know, for better or worse, I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying we as a society do not have the attention span that we're used to. So people remember moments much more clearly. What can you get a gif out of? What can, and Deathmatch is incredible for that because yeah. you can capture a single moment that nobody will forget in the building. Um, and you can do it in about 10 seconds and people will be talking about that spot for the rest of the day. So it just, like, you know, it captures something in that yeah. second. You can't always get any more from, from those kind of like long form matches, which I love. I still love those matches. I love world of sport matches, but I, I think there's room for everything. It's just a very modern kind of breather wrestling, you know? Yeah. I, I think when I, we do the review, review pay-per-views, I kind of gauge how good the match is by how many times I've got the match phone. If I, if I, say, I didn't pick up my phone once, it must have been an amazing match. <laughs> yeah, and I, I do get what you mean, because we I went to a TNT show earlier this year, and the, yeah, Rory Coyle versus, oh, Aspen. Aspen Faith. Aspen Faith, yeah. I think I was on that show. You might have been. Oh, yeah. It but, would have been but, the O8 tournament, I think, so. Uh, no, this was this was just a TNT. It was in Jack, that, I think that was the next show. The, right, the right, tournament. right. Yeah, but, yeah, but he just poured out loads of VHSs, and then... On a, yeah. I think Rory got power bombed on them. I was like, oh, yeah. It's not, it's not like they'll just nicely put it on the floor. <laughs> he, he had no idea what angles of anything's going to be on it. Yeah, but spotted them. They come keen as well. They are, they yeah. are like, yeah, pointy and nasty. Yeah, yeah. They'll be pretty thoughtful, aren't they? Yeah. People um, moan about standing on Lego, but I'm sure getting power bombed on VHSs is worse. Than, <laughs> I well, I've heard, I've heard the um, Lego versus. And drawing pins debate on 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 this uh, podcast before. Now, from experience, I would rather land on pins mm-hmm. unless you I'm landing. If you're landing dead flat, then Lego. But you scratch across Lego, that that just scrapes. That it's just yeah. very very unpleasant. You're gonna get scrapes by landing on the pins. You just kind of buckle underneath you. So, um, as long as you're landing flat, I would say the Lego. You don't want to scrape across the Lego. It's horrible. No, the people say. Uh... Because Lego can give you like wounds and huge bruises, but it's it's uncomfortable to get taking pins out. But you yeah. once they're out, they're out. So you haven't got bruises and scabs. Well, like itchy scabs from Lego, which are mm. really really nice. Not something that that you want to have to deal with after a match. <laughs> yeah, um, like Triple H has been very open about his dislike of hardcore wrestling. He's described like CCW as trash and and that's um, hardcore is bad for the sport. How do you feel about comments like that? And, um. Well, 
firstly, I feel that it's quite rich coming from Triple H. Where <laughs> the match for me, there is the Royal Rumble match against McFerrin, which was, for all intents and purposes, a death match. Let's be honest. They had barbed wire. They had, you know, they did, they did the whole the whole thing. So it's last WrestleMania match against Batista. It was a brawl, yeah. So it was a street fight, wasn't it? He's done that a lot. He's done that kind of match a lot. And, <laughs> you know, but I do get what he's like. A lot a lot of wrestlers, um, a lot of my friends, like, my friends in wrestling, some of my best friends are like Joseph Connors and, you know, um, Gabriel Kidd, very technical wrestlers. Um, people that think that the art of wrestling not hurt your opponent. That's, you know, that's what that's what we're all attempting to do. I, I, I do understand the arguments and the logic against deathmatch. And I think, some some of them have a point, mm-hmm. but I do think that there's something incredibly visceral um, about a death match that connects with audiences in a different way. And I think you have to kind of be there and feel that atmosphere to understand it. Mm-hmm. It's a deep connection. And also, it lets me use my imagination and tell stories that I wouldn't be able to do with just the standard rules. Like, again, I know I've done it slowly a lot, but like when he came back to WWE to wrestle Randy Orton, he told um, Vince straight away that he wanted his toys because <laughs> you know, he knows that that's, that's where the money is. Um, but, you know, you pull out you pull out a weapon, you hold it up and you feel the buzz of the crowd. And it's just there's certain things about it that I think you don't get in other styles of wrestling. I think there's room for everything. Yeah. I think there's plenty of fans, plenty of companies, plenty of room for all of it. I, I, you know, I'll watch any kind of wrestling. I enjoy good wrestling, bad wrestling. Hardcore wrestling, I love it all. So mm-hmm. I think you know, if they're into that, they're into this as well. Yeah, that's just my personal. Yeah, I don't know if I'll enjoy a whole show of death matches, but I can see the point of death. I like it at the end of a, a mm-hmm. feud where they like, yeah, 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 yeah. In the same way that you should only have hell in the cells for an end of a feud or a cage matches, not because it's fe- it's October, we need to have hell in the cell. <laughs> but if it's built, the storyline says. Yeah, these guys want to destroy each other, have an unsanctioned death match or something. That's a, a, I totally agree. I think they are the best, the best types. The ones mm. that seem, you know, have have a story behind them, have a build. Um, there seems to be some genuine hatred. I do think they're they're the best types. Um, I can enjoy the show of death match wrestling as long as everybody on the show is just trying to bring something different. You yeah. know, it's part of the reason I decided to use nettles because I don't think anybody would have seen it before. I spoke to Big Ben <laughs> and he hadn't seen it before so i thought wouldn't well, people will remember that and nobody will, <laughs> nobody will you know so i think as long as people are trying to be imaginative and do something different then i've got i've got time for it i've uh, got to enjoy it <laughs> yeah I, I, yeah i do I'm, i i want to go to the next year's tnt because I didn't go this year because my, well, my favorite one of my favorite wrestlers cameron was in it i couldn't just come get there that day i can't remember why That's okay. so, yeah yeah so what's what's the craziest weapon you've been involved in a match? <laughs> you've mentioned nettles. <laughs> well, this wasn't involved in one of my matches, but it's two of the absolute craziest craziest things I've ever seen happened on the last um, Humanity show. Uh, one of the weapons was a, a face hugger from the Ooh, um, yeah. that, was, that was covered in tacks on the inside. <laughs> that was, uh, that was pretty nice. And also, I saw Big F and Joe use a bong that was wrapped in um, a barbed wire. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I smoked from it as well. Yeah. <laughs> During the match. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're from this point. <laughs> you, see, you see some crazy things. You see things that you would never see before on a, on a Q&A show. Honestly, yeah. it's ridiculous things. Yeah, there's some promotions encourage fans to bring weapons to shows. Have you ever been in involved in any of them what some of the craziest stuff that's been so there's a, there's a fan um goes by the name of something something wrestling on instagram and twitter mm-hmm. and he, you you might have seen some of his stuff floating around because he's the guy that brings giant light swords to the shows um <laughs> they're absolutely giant like ridiculously big mm-hmm. uh, the one that he brought to the last show currently has 1.5 million views on TV. wow yeah <laughs> It's just Big F and Joe hitting Tommy with the biggest like you've ever seen. It looks preposterous. It's like something out of like a Home Alone film or like <laughs> Wiley Coyote. It's brilliant. But yeah, I've, I've seen fans. Um, a fan brought a um, boxing glove covered in Lego to a show. 
Oh, that, that was quite good. I used that one on Tim Marbury. <laughs> I thought that was smart. Who's it? Is it Jack Jack Cave who has a baseball bat covered in Lego? Yeah, yeah. yeah but... <laughs> <laughs> Jack doesn't do as many shows now, but I spoke to him a few months ago, and he said he would mm. come back to do a death match against me. Yeah, yeah. Didn't he do? Didn't he do a? He had, he had a match where if he got beat, he'd only wrestle in this promotion. If he won, he'd only wrestle in this promotion. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Sacrifice or hope or somewhere around the, on that well, area. Well, that's a sporadic appearance of future at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, promotion. So yeah, I, think, I think you'll see him more and more. I think he'll yeah. get the end again. <laughs> yeah, he, he, made what, he made one appearance at my local promotion, Wrestle Island. Uh, we were all like, yeah, he's really good. Yeah, never seen him again. <laughs> so, yeah, it was really good. Uh, what are we up to then? So, is there, is there any weapons you prefer to not get involved in matches? <laughs> well, most painful weapon that's ever been used against me was um, it was like a whiffle bat, like one of those plastic bats, and it was wrapped in thumbtacks. Yeah. And Danny Darko hit me in the head with that. And there's no give. No. You're just getting hit in the head with thumbtacks. It really, really sucks. Um, it just my head was scarred up for three weeks, so I wouldn't recommend that. That was unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> but that was in my first death, and I was like, right, I need to um, find out where where, where, I, where I draw the line here. If there's only one way, how much is the punishments difference in like a a death match hardcore style versus? A normal pro wrestler match in general just after afterwards how would you feel different um so i'm i'm quite a big fella who throws himself around quite a lot yeah. um so i always feel sore after a match <laughs> any kind of match i will feel sore after um i think the adrenaline carries you through a lot of stuff mm. uh, in a death match and it lasts quite a while it lasts longer than for a normal match so um, a lot of the immediate pain that you might have felt isn't really there. It's not until you get home. Um, the main difference between the two is with a normal wrestling match, you ache, and with um, a death match, you ache and you itch, and you've yeah. probably got sharp pain here or there every, every so often. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not, it's not world apart, but you both of them suck. You don't want to wake up to in the morning. No. <laughs> <laughs> so looking forward, do you have like a a wish list of opponents you want for maybe the rest of the year, maybe going into 23 or? Um, yeah, to, to a certain extent, there are some people that I'd like to wrestle. I'd like to wrestle B.A. Rose who wrestles for Rise yes. quite a lot because um, I think Rose versus Form just writes itself, really. Definitely. Um, <laughs> both big, burly fellas that like beating people up, so yeah, that's a match. Um, right, Rise is on my list of companies I want to go watch because I love watching them on YouTube and yeah, I, love, <laughs> I love their rumbles and such. <laughs>
This is Zander Zulu, and you are listening to Broken But Glorious. All right, so you're a promoter for a day, promoting an event. So if you use wrestlers you've ever worked with, trained with, wrestlers are associated to you in some way. Did I give you a match type? You tell me who put that match. Yeah. yeah. And as it's your show, every match can be hardcore, every match can be free for way, four way, intergender, five way, <laughs> throw stupid stipulation on stuff. It's your show. So. <laughs> uh, I've put quite a lot of thought into this. I love this kind of So yeah. I'm looking forward to this. Let's go. Cool. So who will be in your opening contest? Get the crowd excited. Right. So for my opening contest, I thought, um, obviously, you want something fast moving. You want something that's going to catch people's imagination straight away. Eight-man tag. Yes. Um, I wanted to get some guys that I think are underrated and can mm-hmm. put on kind of opening matches that's going to open people's eyes. But also throw in a couple of big surprises in there to really make people go, whoa. So, oh, cool. The first three people that would be announced for Team 1 would be East Midlands Breakers, Carl Kingsley and David Grant. Yes. And they would be with Andre Decker. Yes, yeah. And all of whom I think are fant- can be fantastic heels. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't get enough credit for the brilliant work they do, especially yeah. Kingsley. Kingsley does a lot more. Kingsley's Kingsley. amazing. Decker's Deck amazing as well. Whenever anybody says... Name a person that needs to be around, yeah, Andre Decker's because he, yeah. his heel work's amazing. People need to hear about Decker more because he's, mm. he's fantastic. Um, he was one of the original members of Hellbound with um, me and Barricade when Odyssey was Alpha Omega back in the day. Mm. Um, so I, I got to know Decker quite well, and I think he's absolutely fantastic. I'd love to see him more. Um, yeah, so yeah, he, he, li- he lives like, literally minutes away from me. We didn't find out until. But I, I, I went back backstage at the Odyssey show. It was only a couple of days before that I found out the he was like 10 minutes away. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad he's... I, I always read the bell. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the crowd in Morecambe's amazing. I just wish they, they had a train that didn't finish at half eight. Mm. If they had a later train, I could go to more. It's but, difficult, yeah. isn't it? It's difficult. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, we had to stay over last time. And, yeah. So their special guest partner would be T-Bone, who I had oh, yes. matches with when I was starting out. It was a dreadful match, but he is fantastic. So, <laughs> He's based. <laughs> so, there's your big, nasty heel team, and they would be against LJ Heron, Battle Squad Awesome, that's um, Diamond Dave Andrews and Danny Chase. Yes. <laughs> First secret partner would be Saxon Huxley. Oh, they're fun. <laughs> uh, cancel each other out with the big men. Um, let all the um, hard-working guys that have been around a while show what they can do. So there's the first match. I've not seen Danny Chase for a while. He used to be at Wrestle Island a lot. But I've not seen... um, he recently got married. He still does a lot of shows around the Midlands area. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, uh, but 17, 18, he was one of the most shows at Wrestle Island. Hugely underrated guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, about a comedy-style match? Okay, so... Originally, I was going to put um, Danny Darko in my like hardcore-style match, but then I remembered a match that um, Cumitator had tried to book on one of their shows that got cancelled, and it was the Great British Drink-Off, which would have been <laughs> Danny Darko, Johnny Concrete. Now, I don't know if you know Johnny Concrete if you've heard of him. He's essentially no. like an East Midlands legend. <laughs> And I've never seen anybody have a drink of pint faster than Johnny Concrete. <laughs> a lot of people have tried. I saw Samuels try. I've seen big drinkers try. Nobody can down a pint faster than Johnny Concrete. So um, he's a great comedy wrestler, wow. big guy, um, got a fantastic sense of humour. I would love to see him and Danny Darko have a drink off. That would be my favorite. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, your women's title, mate? Right. Um, so there are a couple of matches that have gone kind of intergendering um, okay. be- because there are some just amazing women. At this moment in time in this country, there are some... Oh. It's, it's the strongest I've seen in a while for women's wrestlers. So what I've gone for is a gauntlet um, to to make sure that the, the women have got time to do what they can do. Um, I would have Ivy in the gauntlet. I would have Alexis Falcon in the gauntlet. Um, I would have Rebel Kinney, um, I would have Harley Harris, and I would have Visage. They love doing matches like this, so I'm mm-hmm. sure they would be more than happy to be putting this. Yeah, I love, I love, yeah, I love most of them wrestlers. Yeah. So, um, Alexis, Alexis Falcon is, I think, she was doing great things before lockdown, but I think she seems to have found this confidence post lockdown, which seems to have put her. Absolutely. Well, Alexis Falcon is one uh, somebody that I met at um, Alpha Omega. Um, the first ever title she won was from Felony, who was our manager. 
So mm-hmm. we were involved in the match where she won her first title. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah it's been awesome seeing like, her just explode. And she's, she's amazing, isn't she? Like, she, she always has masses of potential and she's living up to it now. Yeah, she was, she was just the manager of Rejected when I first saw her. And then, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah. Just seeing, yeah, just her confidence grow over the last five years. Yeah. Great facials, like brilliant intensity, um, cuts a great promo. Yeah, she's, she's one of the best around at the moment. Mm. Um, your mid card title match. Okay, so this is this is um, probably my favorite match on the show, and it's not one that I think anybody else would have thought of. Um, I'll put sticks. Yes. Against Kanji. <clears throat> now, now, originally my thought was um, sticks versus Rockstar Spud. Now I used to do some um, because big man, small man matches with sticks. Incredible at them. Mm-hmm. Like he had brilliant matches with smaller guys all the time. So I was going to say, you know, bring what starts put out of retirement because we, I used to do drill sessions with him and Joseph Connors. So I could say, you know, I trained with him a bit. I'll put him on. But I don't think that was Simon. So <laughs> I thought, who else? Small, but um, intent, has a never-say-die attitude, hits hard. And I think I would love to see Sticks and Kanji go at it. It was kind of like ducking and weaving, Kanji mm-hmm. having to, you know, hit and move, hit and move. Sticks trying to catch her, you know, it'd be a really classic, like, big wrestler, small wrestler match. And mm-hmm. I think has the intensity and the fire to get people to really believe could beat the big man. Definitely. And I just think it'd be an incredible match. That'd be amazing. I'd never put them two together. I, don't, I think I've only ever seen Sticks at Mega Slam, so he's all, and he's always seems to be against Mickey Barnes for the championship whenever I, I'm I, in Liverpool. So it's like... Versus is like sticks for me. I've wrestled a number of times, and it's without a shadow of a doubt, one of the best in the country. Yeah. I've seen him have incredible matches with Kevin Steen. I've seen him on the, the list of people he's had brilliant matches with is just beyond reproach. Like, so I've got no doubt they knock it out of the park with anybody, but him and Kanji be interesting. Yeah, I've, I've seen him on YouTube, but I was saying live, I think, it, yeah, every time I've seen him, it's against Mickey Barnes. So it's <laughs> two, big, two big men just like, yeah, <laughs> just clock. <laughs> yeah, which and it always gets interrupted and it turns into a six man tag as it's Yeah, that's the standard mega slam <laughs> yeah. There's a formula but it works, so for the mega yeah. the form there's definitely a formula but it, it works. They broke the formula last time when they had a triple threat match. They had a single, 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 triple threat and then a battle royal, I think. They rather but every other one it's been single, single, single the title yeah. match gets interrupted yeah. six months after. Okay. We've got your so your hardcore extreme rule style match. This can be anything from a comedy twenty four seven hardcore type things right right up to death match. So, so obviously I'm going death match. I have to. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna. I did want to put Danny in this, but he's in the comedy match, so it was going to be Danny versus Big F and Joe. But instead, I thought I'm just gonna throw the best death match wrestlers I've faced into one match and let them cause pain. Mm. So we've got Tombi versus Clint Margera. Versus Big S versus Michael Caden in one big knockoff. <laughs> last man standing, <laughs> last man standing death match. Um, so yeah, um, I, I think you know all of them have got worlds of experience. All of them take massive risks. Um, and with the four of them, they make the imagination and you know do some things that they might not be able to do one on one. So yeah, I thought that was just throw them all in. Like, yeah, it sounds much, though, isn't it? We've got a massive yeah. budget. <laughs> a uh, tag team title match? Um, so I've gone for a three-way tag team ladder match with my three favourite tag team in the country at the moment. Okay. I've gone for Act Two. Yes, interviewed them on Tuesday. Yeah, I saw, I saw that girl today. Yeah. Um, love those lads. Um, yeah, big so, so Brady Phillips and Riley oh. Nova. Yes. I mean, just two of the, the like best in the country. They're going to be the future mm-hmm. of the country, I think. And and next level, which is Tyler Owen and Antonio Gonzalez, um, yes. for elevation and humanity and of other places. Um, I think those three in that kind of like um, Dudley Tart, Edge and Christian style ladder match would be very very interesting. The the interview with them, the actors going up today. We did the. Preview for Wrestle Island yesterday. Wednesday, yeah, yesterday. yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So the actual interview is going up later today. So. Ah, right. Yeah, so. you, well, did a, it, was, you did an interview with um, Harlan recently. It was like yeah, it was, what's it? Yeah, about a month ago. Yeah, so it, was, it was a lot of fun. 
It was, it was meant to be just be all one show, but it was it was close to two hours long. So I thought, oh, we'll split it into an interview and a, in the preview. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, so much fun. And Lance Rivera was meant to be on it as well. So if he was on it as well, it would have been about four hours long. So he loves to talk. So. Okay, and then it's your main event. Well, I've kept it really simple for the main event. It's a singles match. Um, and it's Joseph Connors versus Gabriel Kidd. Oh. So what we've got are teams that came into wrestling through House of Pain, mm -hmm. but then both went off in different directions. So Joe went through WWE, and Gabe went off and did uh, the New Japan Dojo. So, you know, there's two very, very guys who were very similar that went off and did very different things. Now, I think it would be just a, an amazing match with the experience that they've got now, with mm -hmm. the lessons that they've learned to bring them both back and see... What, what they both learn in the different places, how different they are, what kind of match they would have now. Honestly, I think they could have 35, 40 minutes non-stop action. That would be one of the best matches of the year. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying, I'm going to see Jason Connors for the first time live this weekend at Russell Island again. It's against Joey Hayes and mm -hmm. Joe Kessler. Yeah, and I need to see Gabriel again because last time I saw him, it was for, he was an all star and he was teaming with Spider Man. It, mm. turned, out, it turned out to be RJ Silver. And, <laughs> and he was against Tyler Fazage and Tyler well, Adams. Well, he's so. actually Spider Man. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, well, he's a, he's a kind of different wrestler now, yeah. isn't he? He's not, not going to be tagging with Spider Man again and he's not doing the same thing. Oh, this must have been late. How old? Rachel was pregnant with Isaac. It must have been late 14, maybe. Yeah. It was years ago. So. It's, <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, a whole different world now. Um, mm. Like um, he is, you know, recent. Um, I know that he's kind of um, started to put the work back in. He had to take some time away from wrestling, but mm -hmm. I know he, he's putting the work in again. He's on the comeback trail, so you'd be expecting to see Gabriel Kidd on the circuit again. I think or something. That'd be a great card. I'd love to watch that card. <laughs> it's not bad, is it? It's not yeah. bad. Like, I, I've been lucky to face some, you know, to work with some very, very talented people. Mm -hmm. um, uh, like and some some of these people are going to be absolutely huge. I can't see how Actu and Riley and Brady are going to explode over the next few years because they're that good. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I've been been very very privileged in my um eight years doing wrestling so far. I'd say you 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 probably like the the fatal four way that Actu in this weekend because they're against the East Midlands Breakers. Breakers, yeah. Yeah, and they're against uh, Vasily and Wesker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those guys. And the, the Violent Gentleman Society. So, yeah, it's like the first qualifying. That'd be great. <laughs> so fun. Yeah. Seen that Wrestle Island show advertised? That looks absolutely stacked. Yes. Like, it always I is. Yes. I believe uh, I was like, that's, that sounds good. That sounds wild. After, you know, through the whole card, I was like, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'd quite yeah. like seeing that one myself. They, yeah, they always say it's going to be two and a half hours long, but we've been there and it's been like four hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the kids are like, oh, they love it, but yeah. it's. <laughs> Dragging the feet, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, loved it. Yeah, we've only missed one show in five years. And that was because I had to go to my mother in law's 60th birthday. That's more important than wrestling shows, pal. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I, haven't, um, I haven't been to a Wrestle Island show, but I've got a lot of friends that work on the Wrestle Island shows, mm. and I've only heard good things about them. Um, yeah. The bits that I've seen look great. So I know that um, it's the closest promotion to you, isn't it? So I think yeah. you was all of them, don't you? <laughs> yeah, we get, yeah, we go to yeah, nearly everyone. But. Yeah, my oldest is 18 next year, so we're saying, oh, we're going to start going there. TNT Extreme, the two of us together. And I was like, yes. <laughs> last, yeah, last time I went by myself, hoping somebody I'd know would be there and look who it was. <laughs> so it's handy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend says she's going to get, get me a ticket for Extreme Fields in October. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, the one that they did last year looked, looked mm -hmm. really interesting, like, really cool. It's a great concept. Yeah, I was got to, I couldn't make it last year. So it was something on the same day. I was like, oh, bastard. <laughs> so, where can people see you in the name? Right, so, bear with me one second, I will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, United Wrestling on the 26th in Stoke. I have. Um, so, the, the next two shows that I've got are for United Wrestling. The first one of those is on Friday the 26th of this month in Stoke. And then on the 27th, I'm in Wales. It's my first time wrestling out of the country. And I am counting. 
yeah. Wales. Do you want to hear against? Uh, yeah, Zander Oh, cool. I like Zander so, so we'll kick two bells of uh, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> um, so I interviewed um, Artemis yesterday, and she's going to be on that the 26th show. Ah, so. right. Cool. Well, yeah, so so that, so that those two shows are back-to-back, and then the day after that, I think Humite had a, a meet-and-greet screening on Ooh. the 28th, which is at Suds and Soda in Derby. Uh, then, uh, <laughs> I'm quite busy at the moment. It's not bad, is it? When oh, the big one for me, the most important one for me, um, Elevation Wrist, um, yes. uh, Joseph Connell's company, are uh, making their Doncaster debut um, on Saturday, the 17th of September. Um, Doncaster, one of those are privileged. And I worry a little bit about Brit Rest at the moment because I see a lot of um, shows getting cancelled. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worry, you know, because people's finances aren't good at the moment and a lot of people in the country are struggling. So, yeah. you know, I think we need nice, cheap family entertainment in in local area, the prices down so the kids have something to do. So that's what that's why we're trying to bring something to Doncaster because yeah. it's very. If you, if you can find guests. I've not been to TNT for a while. It's because they don't do a family ticket. Because it's, mm. it's ten pound, it's forty quid. I know it's 20, people go it's twenty five quid to forty quid, but it's a lot. And well, so, exactly. sometimes it was fifteen pound or sixty quid. Can I spare sixty quid? I can spare twenty five quid sometimes. So, it's like, so. the elevation shows going family tickets for twenty five pounds. Um, yeah. It was two two parents, two children. Um, which you know, it's just. It's so it's so difficult at the moment, and I, I, I see companies shutting their doors, and I see, and I just I just worry. I think you know there's 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 so much interest in wrestling at the moment, and we just need to all kind of work together and keep keep as many shows going as we can. Um, so that's what we're aiming to do in 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 Doncaster. So that was quite important to me. Oh, and I've just had a match announced today. I'm against Alex Cologne and Ooh. Danny Dunn. Um, so that's going to be huge that's, as well. That's smash of my career um so, so stay tuned to kuma take that one that's everything i think that is that on the 18th of september yes that's the one sunday the 18th of september in derby it's the last outdoor type show of the season and those oh, have been absolutely preposterous they've been <laughs> so i would recommend anybody come see that last outdoor show yeah it must have been fun trying to do these outdoor shows in the weather we've had recently <sighs> <laughs> Well, I had chicken wire surrounding the ring, and I could Ooh. see the firewalls, and it looked almost red. I was like, I'm not, so, I don't want to be branded for the rest of my life. Not last I looked for, yeah, a different posture. Um, we got through them, though. We got through some water and everything. We just, just about made it through. Ed, before we go, have you got any social media? Um, I'm Ultimate Fawn Wrestling on Instagram and at Ultimate Fawn on Twitter. I don't use Facebook. My Facebook page for this podcast is literally the feed from the Instagram just goes there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's what everybody does. <laughs> I would avoid using Twitter if I could because it can be horrible on there sometimes, but mm. you've know, you got to get the word out there about shows and things, so I think I've stuck with it for a while. <laughs> ah, cool. <laughs> cool. I'll put links to all your yeah. shows and to your social media. So I've really enjoyed being today. I'd love to have you on again in the future. That was a lot of fun. Great. So, so. Thank you very much. It's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it.